guys, welcome to In The Spotlight with your friend and brother. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope that you have been resting in the presence of the God who loves us, the God who cares for us, the God who continues to call each of us by name. Uh, it is indeed a good opportunity to be here, to be present, to be doing this podcast. Um, in the coming days, I will be inviting uh, two of my brother seminarians to join me in this podcast as I continue to 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 reflect on the mystery and the working power of God, our Father. Today, I want us to well, let's begin with a prayer first before I start about what I'm hoping for us to do. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. An act of contrition. My God, I am sorry for my sins with all my heart. In choosing to do wrong and failing to do good, I have sinned against you, whom I should love above all things. I firmly intend, with your help, to do penance, to sin no more, and to avoid whatever leads me to sin. Our Savior Jesus Christ suffered and died for us. In his name, my God, have mercy on me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers, that, that prayer um, is the act of contrition in which we say after doing um, our confession. Um, today, I want to to talk to you on, on a one-to-one basis. Um, as you know, I, I was reading um, The Little Flower, um, The Way to Pray with the St. Teresa. The, she's also called Little Flower, the, you know, the child Jesus. And... Uh, I was thinking over the past three days, what should I say to you guys? And of course, it is the story. I've, I've, been, I've been reading a new book for the month of September. And the book is written by Henry Nguyen. And it's the, book, the book is called The Return of the Prodigal Son, A Story of Homecoming. And of course, it's a, it's a very exciting book. It's a very reflective and personal encounter with the story of the prodigal son. We know, we know, we all should know or have an idea of the story of the prodigal son. Of course, it's a story about a, a, a father who had two sons and one decided to, to say to the father that, Dad, I want my in, in, inheritance now. The other son stayed with the father. The, the, the younger son spent off his money, his wealth. Um, and of course, he started to, to uh, he was living in a country with famine. And of course, he came back. He went back to the father after realizing um, his sins and that he was going hungry. And he went back to the father. And the father welcomed him. The father ran to the son and embraced him, and of course, placed him in royal clothing, and invited um, guests 
and the servants to put on a party for his son. And I, I, I was, while reading the book, I was um, a bit struck um, by my own lack of relationship with my dad. And I said, you know what, let me share with my listeners, let me share with them something that is very personal instead of trying to be all spiritual, which is good, but I don't want you guys to believe that I have I have um, attained the crown of glory yet. I have not attained that crown of glory. I'm still struggling with the earthly life. I'm still struggling with um, with all the desires that the world will often want to ask me to become or to be. And so I still continue to fight the good fight here on earth. But it is also important um, that when persons are given a reflection, that they do, they do not come off as being a know-it-all. And for some reason, I can tell you, I, I do not know everything. And one of the things that I don't know is that of a father's love. So just to give you a scripture from the scripture in which this story is taken from, so I can give you a, a real synopsis of my own story of homecoming. So I'm going to give you the short version. So there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, let me have the share of this estate that will come to me. So the father divided the property between them. A few days later, the younger son got together everything he had and left for a distant country where he had squandered his money on a life of debauchery. When he had spent it all, that country experienced a severe famine, and now he began to feel a pinch. So he hired himself out to one of the local inhabitants who put him on a farm to feed the pigs. So, so he decided that he would return to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with pity. He ran to the boy clasped him in his arms and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But father said to his servants, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the calf we have been fattening and kill it. We will celebrate by having a feast because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, coming from my experience, from my experience, I, I grew up... Uh, in Kingston Central, Central Kingston in Jamaica. I grew up in an extended family with my grandma being the breadwinner of the family. 
I grew up seeing uh, my cousin, and I can call his name Tyrone. I grew up seeing my cousin Tyrone, and it was a house dominated by females. It was it was a female run also. So my grandma, she was the breadwinner. My mom was uh, working at a fast food restaurant while at the same time studying um, to become a practical nurse. My aunt and my sisters, um, they were both going to school. They were all going to school. My older aunt, my sister's sister, she was doing uh, another job. at. Uh, she was working for a local chicken company in Jamaica before she went to England. So we lived in this house. We, Quite frankly, I can't remember uh, being unhappy in that house. Yes, there are moments when you were told to do something and I didn't want to do it. Everybody who know me know me, know that sometimes I can be very rebellious. But I grew up um, seeing uh, my cousins, seeing my sisters, and we were very tight-knit, we were very close, very caring. And the prayers and the work of my grandma, she kept us together. She made sure that we had Sunday dinner. We made, she made, they made sure that we had, um, that we had lunch. Things, I mean, we were taken care of. Not to the best that we should have, or, you know, but we were taken care of. But I grew up, um, as I said to you guys, my mom, when she was younger, you know, she was, I believe, based on the evidence, she was somewhat a rebellious child too. And so she had my, she had a relationship with my first sister's, uh, my first sister dad. So my mom got pregnant by a guy. And then two years after, she was pregnant again. And she was pregnant with me. A year after that, she was pregnant again. And this time by someone who was different. But nevertheless, because we were so close, we didn't even know that we had different fathers. Because, you know, as a child, you're not so concerned about the adult world. So I didn't know that. But I would often hear my sister talk about her family, her dad. And my younger sister will be talking about her family, her dad. But for some reason, I was like, so where's my dad? Where's my family? And I, I, I was a bit stressed out because I would watch and see my sisters receive gifts. I would see my cousins receive gifts from their families. They could go and have a relationship with their family. They were close-knit. They were together. They, were, they had families apart from that of their mom. But I was without, I would, I was without, an, I was without an extended, I was without the father side of my family. I would often wonder what was it like seeing my dad or even knowing him or even hugging him or kissing him. You know, a, a fatherly and son embrace. There wasn't any... Uh, I, I was yearning. 
I was yearning for that um, type of father-son relationship. The father would take me to 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 go fishing, maybe golf, you know, or take me to camp, or teach me to fix a car, or do something. I didn't have that, so I had to rely on the maternal um, side of the family, the um, the matriarchal um, part of the family. So I had to learn to cook, to clean. Um, of course, reading is not for females, but I, I was so caught up in a lot of reading. I, I said that reading. But the point that I'm trying to make, I'm trying to, to say to you guys, that something was missing from my life. And when I look at the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son presents a point where this son probably didn't felt loved. Yes, he had the possession of his father. Yes, they had servants and, and, and large you know, lands and, and livestock. But he probably had felt lonely, alone. Um, or maybe he also felt that he had to, to please and impress his father. And the demands of that house were so heavy for him that he must have said, listen, give me my, my inheritance now. I, I want it now and I want to leave this place. This place that maybe I've probably seen to him as a burden, as where laws and rules and restrictions were put in place. And he had to live up to the demands and expectations of his father. Now, I, put, I placed myself in the position of the younger son. And I, I must say that at one point I felt like I wanted to leave home. I wanted to run away from home, not because I was unha unhappy, not because I had to do house chores, no. But rather, I I, I long, I longed for um to, to to belong. I longed for that 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 fatherly or that masculine identity in the home. A dad who will say, Roger, do this, do that. You're the man of the house. You know, and so I was so confused by the whole, you know, the house, the arrangement. And then I started to question myself as in, why would my dad why would you walk away from my mom? Why would he stay away from me? You know, and I, and many times I would look around and I'll walk and I'll look at the faces of different um, uh, men within the community in where I lived. I would look at their faces to see 
if there were any forms of um, resemblance. But for some reason, I, I couldn't see. I was trying to search to see, Lord, show me. Show me uh, my dad. I want to know my dad. I want to see him. I want to see his face. Even if he, you know, disregard me. But his face, I just want to see him and say, yes, I know him. And so I realized that I was struggling from a, a, lack, a lack of, of self-love. I was suffering from that father-to-father -father relation, from father-to-son relationship. I was looking for an identity. In whose identity, identity should I follow? Should I follow that of my mom? Or should I follow that of my dad who was absent? Who didn't love me enough to be around? Who didn't love me enough to make sure that I went to school? That I did my chores? That I was experienced in, in something physical, in, in soccer? Something that, you know, we consider to be very masculine. And so I give God thanks that I had friends. I give God, give God thanks for the priests of the church, the Catholic Church, who were instrumental into my formation of the young man I am today. And so... I was carrying a lot of wounds, a lot of pains. I was carrying this pain of lack of love, lack of self-love, a lack of identity. I was struggling with all these pain as to why my dad would not love me, as to why he would have walked away from me. Since I had considered myself to be a Christian Catholic, to be con I considered myself to be uh, intellectual somewhat and I'm like if my dad could only see me if my dad could only see me I remember um, going to to primary school at Jesse Paul and the school at the time the principal was a religious sister and I remember um, I was I was I, I was rebellious in, in primary school because we'd have picture day, we'd have father day, we'd have men's day at the school, and I didn't have any dad to show up. I had no father; he was not there. And I remember one of the teachers, he's now a principal. Uh, he 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 would pick on me many times. He would pick on me. And because I didn't have that father relationship, uh, you, you know, once I see a masculine guy um, or father figure picking on me, I would think that he dislikes me, he hates me, you know. And of course, I I, I fought back when he was picking on me, and I, I run I run away, I ran out of the school and went home crying. And of course, I went back to the school. And I remember in the office with the principal, sister, 
Sister, uh, Sister Shirley Chung. And she asked me about my dad. Where is my dad? And I started to cry. I cried, I cried, I cried. And so, friends, we have to recognize in our own lives those moments, those situations where we have felt unloved where we are felt unwanted, where we thought that nobody loves us, no one cares for us. And I share these stories, this, this personal story of my upbringing, of my desire for fatherhood, of my de desire for a father-like relationship with my dad. As I share with you the desire that I wish I had a father around, it was not just to cement the idea that I have a dad. But as I said, the whole idea of having a father in the household, it symbolized that you are strong. It symbolized that He's the head of the household, and you are his, you are part of his heritage, one could say. Having a father figure within the house, it cement it, it cements the idea of rules and regulations. It cement that he will provide for the for the children and for his wife. It presents the idea that this man is the one who will bring up his children to be upright, to be just, to be fair, and to be God-fearing. But so many times we have, we have caused ourselves to be broken by these societal norms, our dysfunctions rather. We have caused ourselves to be Wounded by life, wounded by the words and actions of those things that we cannot change. We have caused ourselves to be broken and to be nailed to the expectations of the world, the demands of the world. And so in the story of the prodigal son, our true father, our father who loves us more than anything else, our father who cares for us, who made us in his image and his likeness and called you and I good, is standing there and he's waiting and he sees us afar. He sees us wandering in the wilderness wandering, looking for self-love and identity and for a relationship, looking to fix those gaps and errors that we find in our lives. And he's there waiting for us to call out to him, to say, Lord, I need you 
I have sinned against heaven and against earth. I no longer to be deserve to be called your son. And so, the moment when we recognize that we cannot do it alone, the moments when I recognize and you and I recognize that no amount of relationship with our dad can fill those gaps that the Father has for us, then we will turn around. We will turn around and look to the Father who is in the distant and he's running to us. He's calling you and I by name. He's calling out your name and saying, come to me. Come, return to me. Because I am here for you. I care for you. I will take care of you. In, in your loneliness. In your pain. In your earth. In the earth and pain that you continue to feel. In those moments when you are carrying those cross. And you keep falling on your face. And you feel unworthy of his love and his care and his compassion. God our Father who created you and I good. Who fashioned us in the secret of our mother's womb. And have made us good. Is running towards us. He's waiting to put those royal garments on us. To place that ring and to hug us, to embrace us with his love. It is therefore for you and I, friends, to give God those wounds. Maybe some of you who are listening may have a different story from me. Maybe you have a story where you had a dad, but he was abusive. Or maybe you had a dad, but there was a divorce in your family. Maybe you had a dad and he was uh, dismissive of your complaints. Maybe you had a dad, but he was, he was there, but not really there. He was a non-provider. Maybe you had a dad who called you many names, who disrespected you, who showed you little or no love at all, and you continue to carry those wounds those pain, those anxieties. Today, what if you and I take those pain, those wounds, those doubts and anxieties and run to the Father and give it to Him? What if we could just let go of those pain, those hurts, and forgive those who have offended us. Let us contemplate forgiving our fathers who did not love us as they should. And even when they should have loved us, they did not love us. They saw us in our pain and suffering and did not try to reach out. For those fathers who believe it is their right to abuse their wives, For those fathers who are not man enough. Let us give them up to God. Let us entrust them to St. Joseph, 
the foster the foster father of, of Jesus. Friends, we are human beings with flesh and blood. But we must be reminded that we have the spirit. And if we are of the spirit, then we can we can forgive those who have hurt us. Or what about in the case of the son? What if it is you who have hurt your father? What if it is you who have said those words to your dad? What if it is you who have walked away from your that relationship with your dad because of something he said or did? And so I want to invite the Holy Spirit to heal the brokenness of our family relationships, the malices, the envy, the hate, the greed, all these stuff that continue to divide our families. We ask for the intercession of Mary and Joseph to intercede on behalf of our families. Lord Jesus, you are good. And so we ask you to grant us your goodness, to restore those relationships that need restoration. Lord, we ask you to send us good men, good husbands and wives into relationships that will foster growth that will foster faith and relationship with one another. Lord, in the story of the prodigal son, we can see ourselves. We can see ourselves in so many ways. We can see ourselves wanting the desire of the world, wanting to please the world. We see the desire for ourselves and the ambitions of wanting to be famous, of wanting to be accepted. In the story of the prodigal son, we see ourselves in many different ways. And so, friends, I ask you today to give of yourself one more time to share your heart one more time. Yes, it might be broken. Yes, you might get hurt again. Yes, those memories will come again of the pain that was caused by your dad or by someone you love. But we should not be afraid of being hurt. We should not be afraid to try again, to give up ourselves to forgive again, to love again, and to make our families great again. Let us ask the Holy Spirit to renew our hearts, to renew our soul, 
to renew our relationships. And so, Father, may we come to you in our deepest hour and darkest hours. May we never turn from you in our pain, in our sadness, in our crisis for a self-identity. Lord, we know that you are good and caring and merciful. And so we continue to entrust ourselves to you. We know we are broken, Lord. We know we are in need of your love. And so we continue to run to you when we are far off, when we have strayed away from your goodness and from your bounty. And so, Lord, we come to you once more today, asking you to welcome us again, to clothe us in your glory, and to seat us at your right hand, and to keep a feast day for us, a party for us when we return. Lord, and for those who will not return to your care, for our friends and families, for our dads, for our sons, our sisters, who will never return to the Father's care. We pray, Lord, that you will have mercy on them, that you will forgive them, that you protect them, and that you will continue to care for them, even when they wander, even when they have wandered away from your love and from your glory. Friends, I do hope that this personal podcast of the prodigal son, of one that causes us so many many pain, so many sadness, that we will entrust it to the healing hands and heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please have yourself a prosperous week, and may God continue to guide each one of us as we continue to make our journey home on this our pilgrim earth. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.